The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own troubles be sufficient for the day. The Gospel of the Lord. I think it's important to take today's Gospel reading <clears throat> not only in the context of the first reading for today, but also in terms of the kind of the what's what the Lord has been unfolding throughout the Gospels during this week. Because there has been a definite principle that the Lord is trying to teach to his disciples. And it has all been about the interior life. And so I remember at the beginning of the week the Lord was dealing first with anger, distractions, all the things that can affect our state of interior life and our prayer, and how to get rid of those from the heart so that we are not driven by passions. And then he goes into, well, what is a good state of prayer? And so he says, go into the inner room, go into that inner chamber, go into quiet and silence. Don't work these things just to be seen. Do things in the interior to be seen first and foremost by God. That's the proper state of prayer. And then he goes further with his disciples, is, well, what should they pray? And he gives them the words for prayer. He gives them the Our Father, which is the model for prayer. It is the prayer which contains anything good that is in any other prayer that can be offered because it is the perfect prayer of Jesus Christ. And so he gives them the state of prayer, the words for prayer. But then he also tells them about things that are contrary, things that might come and try affect what happens in that interior. And he speaks about the danger of having a treasure in heaven and a treasure on earth or trying to build up a treasure on earth. Because the danger of that is that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. 
meaning that's what you will be anxious for, for the protection of that thing. And so we have to shift our heart and our treasure to things that are spiritual. And then today he gives another principle which can, which can endanger prayer, which is the serving of two masters, having two ends that we are trying to achieve and coming back to having one focused intention for our whole life. And tied to these two last temptations, if you will, or dangers to prayer, we've had the beautiful example of St. Paul in the first readings for the last two days, showing us what that means in Christian life. And so we saw then last in yesterday's reading that Paul's treasure is in heaven because he endured that full list of sufferings and he endures it all joyfully for the glory that awaits him, for the glory and the union that he has with God. That's his treasure. So that's where his whole heart is, is with God. But then also more than that, we see the beauty of his interior life, that it's not just the exterior sufferings, that those things come and go and don't trouble him deeply in his interior. He's sustained by a grace of union with God, a gift that he speaks about in today's first reading, where he speaks about his being taken up into the third heaven and hearing things that cannot be uttered in human tongue or human speech. And so he has this profound grace of union with God that he fosters in his interior. And that is the central focus of his life. And that is what the Lord is calling us to. There are many things that could cause anxiety in our own time and in our own age, things that we might worry about. But the Lord is extremely clear in today's gospel. Do not worry about tomorrow. All of these things are in God's providence. We might worry about having to suffer for being Christian. That is what it is to be Christian. It is to be united to Christ and his cross. These things are not different. In every age, this has always been the right, the bread and butter of what it is to be, to be Christian. Not to worry about tomorrow. Not to worry about changing anyone else but myself. Turning the focus from what is outside to what is interior. Because if my interior is not united to God, then my attempts to try and go and change others is only going to further disturb them because there is not that deep peace within me, that peace that only comes from knowing God and from being intimately united with him. Our first work in this life is our work of prayer and conversion. Prayer is what we've seen in the Gospels is what changes the interior. Prayer is what changes our own selves. Prayer is what achieves our conversion. Prayer is what changes the culture. There is more to be achieved in one holy hour than in many years of trying to achieve the same thing by other means. Coming to Christ and handing everything to him in prayer, that's how we transform the world. That's how we transform ourselves. We hand it over to the Savior and do not assume ourselves to be saviors. Jesus Christ is God. He waits for us to come to him, to follow all of the principles of prayer that he's given us in this week, to put aside distractions, to put aside anxiety, anger, all of these things, to go quietly into the inner room, into our hearts, 
to have one focus and one treasure that is Him, and then to put aside all of the things that might come and take that deep treasure and that deep peace from us, trying to serve two ends. We cannot serve two ends. We can only serve God Himself, or we will not be serving God by anything that we do. Or this last danger as well, which is to, again, be trying to do things that we cannot do. Certain things, as we see from the gospel, can only be given over to God's providence. Sometimes our anxiety and our fear about things of the future comes because we do not believe that God is a good Father, that His providence will not be there for us to take care of us. And these are the subtle temptations against faith that have to be rooted out from our hearts because God is good, God is loving, God is providential. And for the creatures that He creates, He will always give whatever it is that they need. And so that is our peace, that we are loved by a loving Father, that our future is in His hands. And that's why we can even today enter into an interior peace, turn into the heaven that exists already in our souls where God's grace is living and active, and dwell there with Him in peace, and hope that our own transformation and conversion can affect the culture in the way in which He desires. Amen.